So, Josh, I have the next big idea. Oh. Below Average Gaming Remastered. Remastered, you say? Yeah. So have... what we're going to do is we're going to take the scripts, because it's 100% okay. scripted, mm-hmm. from the old episodes, and we're going to okay. re-record them on newer mics. Ooh, I like that. that and then nice. we're going to release them so that you can play play them on the exact same streaming platforms you were able to before. The same one. Isn't this just free money? Yeah, and then we're going to sell them again. Shit, okay. I think I found this hole in my plan. Hey, oh, wait, 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 wait. What if, what if we only let people get access to it for a limited amount of time? Ooh. That's big brain right there. Big brain. <laughs> So, welcome back to Below Average Gaming. Today we're talking about remasters, remakes. They're kind of the craze right now. Feels like every game is just being remade or remastered. I wonder if people just, like, ran out of ideas, or if they realized that they're just a trash developer and can't develop games as good as old ones. But, you know, they're happening. And it seems to be the flavor, and I've loved a couple of these. How's your day going today? That's going okay. You know, I, you know, let's just be honest with the people out there. Worked like nearly 80 hours this week. And I'm tired. And you're running the ship for me here. And you're just, you're, you're going to lead us. But, you know, besides, besides working a ton, it's fine. Bought a bunch of crap. So, you know, whatever. I spent my money I earned. Work hard, play hard. Exactly. <laughs> what about your week? How's yours going so far? Ah, it's going pretty well. And, uh, to get right into this, we... There's been a lot of remasters these last couple years. You've seen kind of your normal stuff where you get a game that just gets re-released to the next generation. Something like Burnout Paradise we saw that with. Or uh, more recently, like Pikmin 3, stuff like that. And I think it's really hard because some of these remasters wind up doing really good things. And some of them wind up being kind of blech. Feels like you're paying full price for something that you shouldn't be paying full price for. Yeah, a lot of them are just like you get the remaster and they're charging more than you could have bought it already for, especially when it comes to like platforms that have backwards compatibility. But you're not getting that much of an upgrade for that much of an expenditure. You know, a good example for that is actually Burnout Paradise. That's a remaster that is nice to have, but if you had an Xbox, like you'd already play burnout on like a newer xbox yeah and it feels like it's just kind of the cheap a cheap way to make money we've seen it with like gta's been released like what seven times at this point gta 5 has been released yeah it's the second um highest selling game right now minecraft's the only thing ahead of it now yep and even something like skyrim's been released an insurmountable number of times as well and it's just Mm. I feel like there's a line between giving us a meaningful remake or a remaster, which I think a lot of them are really good, and I love a couple of these games, and just mm-hmm. rehashing the same game over and over again. Yeah, and like with Skyrim, it's not like there's much of an improvement. I mean, PS3 to PS4, at least the game loads, like, that was an improvement, you know, got a hand in that, but it's just, there's nothing that substantial with some of them, while other ones need at least have a bit more to them. Like, I don't know, like, one of your big games, Fable, the Anniversary Collection, like, wasn't that, like, a pretty substantial upgrade? 
Well, yeah, Fable Anniversary is a game that you you remastered the original Fable, or technically the Lost Chapters, off of mm. original Xbox that came out in like 2007, and just redid the graphics, redid all the menus, and the game mm. feels really good. It's not, they didn't go full modern graphics with it. They definitely kept the spirit of the old stuff, which is interesting, but... That's one of my favorite games, and the remake is awesome because it also gives you a nicer way to play it. Because if you want to play that game on console, you couldn't play it on an Xbox One. Yeah. Until Anniversary came out. And, like, even playing it on Xbox 360 was, like, 50-50 because half the time your backwards compatibility decided not to work. Yeah, in the case with PlayStation, it sucks, too, though. I think we're getting a lot more remasters... And remakes on PlayStation because you don't have backwards compatibility. All these sure. games are just lost in the past, which sucks. Like like Final Fantasy Tactics, one of my favorite games, is like lost for the most part until they redid it with War of the Lion. But even then, it's only on PSP, Vita, iOS, and Android now. There actually still is not a proper console way of playing that game. It's just, you know... That's the one thing I think Xbox and Nintendo, I don't always like the remakes and remasters to do all the time because they feel sometimes a little cheap, but at the same time, at least they're able to play their games on them still with a lot of the Sony stuff. It's just lost right now. Yeah, I think that Sony has kind of shown a bit of a good turning point on this as well as Microsoft Mm. where a lot of the new games that are being redone and re-released on PS5 or Xbox Series X you're getting a copy if you already have it. Or for yeah. games like Bug Snacks, you can buy them and get it for both consoles. Which I think is a really good way to do that for these games that are just double developed for consoles. But even to go to Nintendo, Nintendo, the Wii and Wii U were backwards compatible, right? So the Wii could play GameCube games, the Wii U could play mm-hmm. Wii games, and then switch through that all away. And now we've seen all the all the big Switch games at this point be re-released on, or all the big Wii U games be re-released on Switch and sold again. Yeah. Which some of, at least Nintendo has made a meaningful upgrade to each of them. At least from my perspective. Yeah, and like like for me, like the 3D Mario collection, I've only played 64, so that's like something I wasn't overly interested in actually getting because I don't think 64 stands up as well as people thought it did. And I, I actually still have an original Wii, hooked up to my TV because I have the uh, Nintendo digital console on there. And I just have like every single Mario game that they had on the, uh, the Wii store on there. So when the 3d collection came out, it was like, eh, I don't really care. If I want to go play 3d Mario, I'll just go play Odyssey probably. Yeah. But I, think, I know that's something you really liked. I think the 3d collection, uh, Mario 3d all-stars. I think the one game that was really good out of that was galaxy. And that's just because Galaxy was a game that was really hampered by being on the Wii because the Wii was not an HD console and had a lot of restrictions put on it. And it does that game shines really well on Switch. But at least in that game, they're giving you three games for the price of one. Even if they're older games, they've still got some content rather than just releasing a game that came out a year and a half ago for full price again. Yeah, so I gotta give it to that. There's a lot of these. There's a lot of these trios games that have come out, which I really like. These, well, even like some of the uh, Halo remasters are a lot even more than three. But we have Spyro. It's all three. Crash is all three. We have the Mass Effect trilogy coming out here soon. 
It's all three games. I think that's super expensive, though. I'm gonna, I, you know, I'm gonna check that really quick. I'm pretty sure this thing is like it's stupid expensive. This just got announced. I think it's a hundred. Oh no, yeah, it's only sixty bucks. That's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. So like stuff like this is coming out. Oh nope, I lied. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of different pricing skews for this. This is silly, but it's one of those things that when they release these bundles. It is nice that you're getting a little bit more value, especially if some of them aren't like completely remade. They're just remastered slightly, like like you're saying, like with Mario, right? It's not they didn't remake these from the ground up. They don't look amazing, but they are a little better. Yeah, and the thing with the 3D collection is they didn't actually remaster any of the games. They upscaled them. Mm. Which did yeah. really well for Galaxy because Galaxy's textures were too good for the Wii. But for 64 and for Sunshine, they still look like N64 and GameCube games. Admittedly, you can play them on Switch, which is a big upside. Yeah. Also, Galaxy is way better on Switch because the motion controls of Switch are way better than the Wii's were. Yeah. But I think that Nintendo <clears throat> has shown good things with their single game remasters going from going from the Wii U specifically to Switch. The two big ones for me are Pikmin 3, which Pikmin is one yeah. of my favorite game series. I love Pikmin 3. And the really cool thing they did is they switched the campaign of that game, which orig was originally single player. So in the Wii U version of that game, you can play the campaign single player, and then there's a whole bunch of challenge levels that you can play multiplayer. And they made the campaign multiplayer, which I think is an incredible update and an incredible added value to that game. They didn't, didn't give the game online. That's an issue. Nintendo, you need to work on that. But at yeah. least it's there. And then the one that just came out with the re-release of 3D World and then adding Bowser's Fury. Bowser's Fury is a full-fledged expansion. It's almost a second game on top of 3D World, which was one of the better games from the Wii U to begin with. And Bowser's Fury, I don't know how much you know about it, but it's basically a 3D open-world Mario game of the likes of Odyssey or Galaxy. And some people are looking at this and thinking it could be the future of what 3D Mario is going to become because the game is apparently a ton of fun and just absolutely incredible to play. Yeah, I looked at Bowser's Fury a little bit out of curiosity after the game came out. It looks really cool. This is something I might be really into. So I'm going to have to look into getting that a bit. And like these, these little touch-up quality of life, additional content style of remasters i really really like that i it, it's a little bit more value especially if you've played the game before you get a little something else out of it that you didn't have last time uh final fantasy tactics war of the lions did that it's the re-release of tactics but they actually added missions characters classes they re rewrote the entire dialogue the main campaign actually has additional missions in it that weren't there before and there's even quality of life improvements for when you unlock characters like Cloud is in Tactics as a bonus character. You can actually unlock him like significantly earlier, which is good because when you actually unlock him in the original Tactics game, he's useless. He's so under leveled, it takes hours just to like make him like live through a fight, basically. It's like little things like that when games go a little extra mile to give you something helps a lot. And apparently even too with the new Mass Effect uh, trilogy being released, Mass Effect 1 is supposed to be significantly different. Like oh, really? The combat, the combat system got overhauled because that was the biggest problem with one 
is the combat system sucks. Like that that game is a really good story. It's an RPG S RPG, but I can I could never finish the first Mass Effect because the combat felt so janky. And apparently they went in and made it more like Mass Effect Two, huh. which is which people often say is the best Mass Effect game. So something like that's huge. Yeah. Well, I know they did that a little bit with Shadow of the Colossus, did they not? Where they updated the controls to be a little bit better than they were. Not saying that the controls of the remake were great, but they were better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they improved the controls of Shadow of the Colossus. And the nice thing, too, though, is they put legacy controls in. So there's actually an option in the options menu to flip the controls back to how they were originally, which I know a lot of people appreciated it that played the game beforehand. I'd never played it before, so I used the new controls. And they yeah. still weren't great, and it scares me off of what the original ones were. Yeah, I mean, Shadow of the Colossus was a really good remaster, all things considered. Mm-hmm. That game is gorgeous for what it is. Another game, Wind Waker, the remake for Wii U was incredible. That game translated really well, and the game, the art style and the way they redid and upgraded all the graphics in that game was really well done. And that game didn't have any actual changes to the content. Like, it was the same game, mm-hmm. just with an update, but it did translate really well, and as much as I hated the gamepad, they did use the gamepad in that game for, like, a map, and because of the nature of how Wind Waker plays, having the map permanently open is actually kind of nice. Yeah. Ma- maps and games, we're going to have to go over that sometime. I have some feelings about some games and their maps. <laughs> well, as far as, as far as remasters goes, then, like, that's a pretty good... Like, there's some really good content out there from in those remasters in particular, right? Like, a lot of those are done really, really well. Yeah. Now, there, there's there's one I want to poke at you a bit, though. About when it comes to just remasters. So, I see you've got Conkers down here in our Drive document. Mm-hmm. Um, when, okay. Help me out here. I've never actually played this game all the way through. My buddy Luke had it a long time ago. And, like, this is the only time I ever actually saw it. So, I've never played this game so why don't you tell everyone uh, what happened here? I mean, Conquerors on the N64 is a really interesting game. It's mm. the, I think it's the only first party M game released by Nintendo. Or not released it's by Nintendo, I- but the only M game released directly to a Nintendo console. It's It's at least the first. I guess there's Internal Darkness, which I think is the second one. Uh, yeah. But it's definitely the first. And this game, it's just extremely unique. And just, I find this game hilarious. The humor in it's great. What's actually happening is kind of confusing. The gameplay suffers a little bit, but you can't experience what this game is anywhere else. And I think the biggest Mm. show of that was it got re-released on the Xbox 360. And they censored this game. When they re-released it. That's ridiculous. The fact that there is a video game where the Xbox version is more tame than the Nintendo version is just hilarious to me. (laughs) That's great. You know, old pervy Nintendo (laughs) out there holding up for the little guy. Like, Conquerors is a game that I don't think is the best gameplay, but it just... It did things that you're not allowed to do anymore. And it's just a really interesting piece of history because it is so different from what you see everywhere else. Yeah. And like when it comes to things being really different now than they were 
when things originally came out, like there's a bunch of remakes, some that we've been playing recently too, and some that I really like, and then really some that needed some time to, to gestate and get better, and some that aren't done yet. Looking at you, Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> so why don't we start? Why don't we start there? Final Fantasy VII, something that we recently played all the way through, pretty much. Yeah, you know, we, we, in like what two days? Three, three, yeah. Lot of yeah. gameplay in three days' time. A lot of gameplay, and that was cool though because that's an experience where you got to play a remake of a game that you've never played, and I got to play one of my favorite games ever because I'm an emo kid, and you know, clouds basically are Jesus. You know, <laughs> maybe, maybe 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 the Apostle Paul. I don't know. He's got to be something like that, some kind of analog for some kind of Jesus thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah final like, fantasy 7 as someone who has played extremely minimal amounts of final fantasy games before this like basically my only experience with the franchise was final fantasy 14 the little bit that we played mm. and this game really impressed me because it had and it wasn't it wasn't in the way i expected because it had some of the best character development in a video game, in my opinion. And it rivaled things like God of War and even something like Horizon and Heavy Rain or Detroit, which the fact that a game like Final Fantasy that plays in the way it does gets to rival those is really impressive. Mm. Because they are very different games. And when, you, when you're able to rival a game that is literally all about its characters, something like Heavy Rain or Detroit, that's really cool. And it's a game that pulled off getting you attached to the characters, which I feel like is something that, for me, is very missing from the kind of action games that you generally see. Yeah, character development's been suffering for a long time, I think, especially in games that are more action-oriented, like you said. And, like, 7 Remake, while not being perfect, and there's a lot of bad fan theories out there by people who obviously never played 7, like, didn't help the introduction to that. Like, there's this whole thing about the ending of the game that people actually just had wrong when I wouldn't played it. It's like, do you guys not know what two different timelines being showed at once is like, come on people. But remake remake just had still has that issue for me where the couple of the changes they made made the game worse for me because I know what was there before. But the the gameplay, I think, is an improvement. And I, I still love turn based games. I still think they're really, really fun. The way they mixed action and turn-based together in that game, to where it's almost like you're playing with the old active battle system, which is how I played 7. I didn't play it full turn-based. I did it where, like, your move charges and then you can use it. It was, like, the alternative way of playing 7. So I didn't mind it after I got used to it. I, I find myself wanting to go back and play hard mode. I played a little bit of it. It was really fun. The fact that you don't restore MP is nuts. Like, you just don't get in your MP back unless you're at certain spots in the story. So you actually have to micromanage how you use your abilities or, like, use some kind of restorative strat, which is cool, right? Like, they took something that's really beloved, took people who are enfranchised, and still got an enjoyment out of it. There's a lot of questions I have on how they changed the story, which is kind of kind of growing on me a bit now. They were a little bit removed. You know, I'm gestating on a bit. Kind of in for what's coming. So in 2032, when we get the second part, I'm really looking forward to doing that, you know? Yeah, and I think that's the hard thing because a lot of the changes for the remake, 
that you had issues with, it's possible that they do do those well when the second part comes out because we don't know how the story actually finishes at this point. Yeah, it's just this game also had the same thing that Congress had is they censored it, which kind of annoyed me. They definitely censored the crap out of the game, especially the gore was super censored, but yet they kept all the pervy stuff in, which confuses me. Like all the really pervy messed up stuff is still in there, but then there's like, no, blood is bad. Spooky ghosts come out of you when you get stabbed, kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think that's kind of the mark of a good remake where you capture the people who loved it initially, the people who played the first game. And even while things might change, it might not be the same game completely. They still get to experience that again, as well mm. as getting to enthrall new players that might not have had any experience with your franchise and might have be experiencing it for the first time. And yeah. I think that's the mark of what you want to do with a remake is make both of those sides happy. I yeah, think that's I a think really hard line to walk. Yeah. And I think there's a couple of recent examples of some, some classics that have been remade, like the entire Crash Bandicoot trilogy with uh, Crash Team Racing. They're all really solid. You know, the, the only like a little iffy things with those were just like the original Crash Bandicoot trilogy's platforming is actually harder on the remake because of how they programmed it. It actually cuts off a little bit. And then with CTR, they still release free content for that. Like, it's it's insane. Like, there's still free tracks coming out. And the only problem is, is that they've added microtransactions after the fact, which doesn't make any sense to me because the game sold really well. And it's just like the greediest possible thing they could have done to that game. When like your game sells well, then you add microtransactions afterwards when you said you weren't going to just to make more money. And it's just like, you're already remaking this classic game that people bought. Don't add these in, you greedy little twerp. And it sucks too, because it's obviously like, it's aimed at kids a little bit and aimed at adults who played it when it was new. It's like adults who played when it was new think that you suck, and then you're just like targeting kids. Mm -hmm. And it's, that's, that still doesn't sit well with me. It kind of made the game less enjoyable for me. To be honest, like I've never really had that happen with microtransactions. I understand I don't have to touch them, but the fact that it's just pure greed microtransactions, unlike something like Fortnite or League that's free that has microtransactions, like whatever, the game was free. Yeah, I haven't played the remake of Crash Team Racing. I played the original and loved it, and I assume the remake's just as good. I just it's don't better. understand how microtransactions fit into a game like that. It's all cosmetics, you know? It's just like, look, we added a new character and here's a new cart or here's a sticker you can put on your car. And it's just, it's just like really weird cosmetic stuff like that. But they also push it on you. Like they bring it up yeah. like quite a bit when you start up the game. If it's just in the background and out of the way, it's one thing, but it keeps like reminding you about it. Yeah. Or, or something like Link's Awakening though. Um, Link's Awakening. That game, I think, is perfect when it comes to, like... Oh, yeah. The original people will still be able to play that game who love the original, but you might capture people that wouldn't play something that looks like Link's Awakening does on older consoles, right? Yeah, and Link's Awakening did the thing where it made itself a little bit more intuitive than the original was. 
Mm-hmm. So some of the stuff where people would get lost and not know what to do in the original is di- dialed down in the remake, which is actually a good thing. And the art style and everything about that game is just gorgeous because that's the big thing that they updated because you went from this top down 2D old style game to an extremely beautiful like platformer almost. Yeah. But it still is essentially the same game, mm-hmm. just remade to capture new audiences, but familiar enough to get the original people back into it. And yeah, the game the game's awesome. It's really cool. Yeah, that game that game is really good. And I think another game that reimagined itself and redesigned itself, but also was really good at pulling in the old players. And one of our favorite games off of the PS4, Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, that game's that game's fantastic. Oh yeah, they they remade a game just to like fix the storyline. I guess was like one of their big things that they didn't like Ratchet and Clank's relationship. They they always had this animosity towards each other a little bit, and they wanted to take that out of the game. And then they gave us this like Pixar quality animation game at like forty dollars on release. It was a budget game, but the thing is the game has new game plus mode. You can, you have to play the game like three or four times if you want to unlock everything, unless you're like using a guide and it's just fun. That game is pure fun. That is gaming for the sake of having fun. The upgrade systems are like incredible. The bosses are just like fun old school bosses. There's nothing special about them, but they're just fun. It's just a game designed to be fun and it's beautiful. I think they did a really, really good job with that game. And the next one, rumor has it, is very, very good. And it is coming out very soon. We actually have a release date on that now, too, I think. Uh, Do we have a release date on PS5s being available? Uh, No, we, we don't. We don't at all. But hey, if by June 11th we can get a PS5 somehow without having to pay a, a scalper, a scalper like, you know, a mortgage, you know, <laughs> we, we can play this game. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah and yeah it, that game is absolutely incredible all right mm. i haven't played all right you, you ready to probably want to refuse me being a video game player what i haven't played original doom or the new doom <laughs> explain this game to me <clears throat> okay okay We'll go with the original Dune. The original Dune actually has a kind of a soft spot for me. And this is something that I actually haven't mentioned yet. I remember playing Doom at my uncle's house like a long time ago, who I actually have, I haven't seen him in a long time. He was just a good dude. I just remember playing Doom at his house, like old school Doom. And Doom has this thing about it to where it, it plays like I want shooters to play. Guns blazing, run in, kill them all. And the remake of Doom did it. And it it masterfully. So basically what they did is they took the old school style Doom, remade it, and they took the story and just like flipped it the bird literally in the beginning of the game. The game starts out and it's just guns blazing. Somebody tries giving you background story on a monitor. And you literally blow it up because you don't want to listen to this commander dude talk and blah, blah, blah. It's like, whatever, it's time to go kill stuff. 
And I think it's something you might actually like Doom. As like a standalone shooter, because you can't play it as a cover shooter. You have to move. The AI is smart enough to surround you and kill you. <clears throat> and you actually get ammo back by using a chainsaw on demons. And they drop ammo. And it's just like, it's an arcade shooter, but <clears throat> done in this beautiful art style. The soundtrack, of course, appeals to me because it's like pure freaking death metal, like the entire game. <laughs> and it's awesome. And the cool thing they did when it comes to making a remake is in each level of Doom, there's a secret area that leads you into an old level of the original Doom. That's actually, so you can actually super play, sweet. Yeah, so you can actually play little micro sections of the original Doom while you're playing through, uh, you know, Doom 2016. I think that's Doom is really the most cool. Un- I didn't know that. Yeah, I think Doom is the most underrated shooter that has come out in like the last, you know, ten or fifteen years. Like, people should be playing Doom if you want to play fun shooters, and there's no, you know, stupid seasonal progression system or something it's just a solid story of go out kill everything and i'm really excited because uh doom eternals on game pass and i i need it there's a bunch of old god old god stuff going on some aeon shit and i'm definitely into that all right so before we get into our last game the one that mm. kind of got both of us onto this topic we yeah. got another one of like the ps the playstation i want to say like cover games for like mm-hmm. kind of like the the flagship in devil may cry yeah i don't really know that much about this game at all except that like dante and like it's super anime and samira being entirely a reference to this game but like i don't actually know that much so give me the rundown of this devil may cry remake okay we're gonna go way back we're gonna go way back Okay, I'm going to wait way back with me to the original Devil May Cry game. So the original Devil May Cry game is actually a Resident Evil game. That they scrapped and turned it into Devil May Cry. So Devil May Cry, the original release is actually just like a redheaded stepchild of video gaming. Like it's just it's it's over there. And then it turned out to be this massive franchise. And people really liked it. Dante is a very, very iconic character to those that, that love the franchise, right? They turn him to they turn him to like this little punk ass. You know, like, you know, like if you go to like a skate park and there's like actually like cool skater kids there, and then there's that one little shit in the corner <laughs> that's sitting there talking about, I can skateboard, look at me, I'm so edgy. You guys wanna like, you know, hang out, please? Can we hang out? Can we hang out? And you just want him to go away. But then all of a sudden he does like these freaking insane skateboard tricks. He does like a 720 off of some turnpipe that appeared out of nowhere. And you're like, wow, that looks really cool, but I still hate you. That's what Devil May Cry remake felt like. The gameplay is awesome, but you just want to punch the main character in the face the whole time. And the dialogue is super cringy. But... The environments are awesome. The gameplay is awesome. I think it's one of the best feeling action games like this. Just hack and slash combos. The game's super hard. If you turn the difficulty all the way up, you like die in one hit. So you actually have to dodge everything. 
But Dante's such a wiener in it. He sucks so much. So it's one of those things that's just like I started listening to like music and like podcasts while I was playing it. That's how bad it is. And I just had subtitles on. Because I'm like, I'm going to watch this story and just not listen to this guy's face. It's been, <laughs> it's been five hours and I can't take this shit anymore. And you and you can tell how much people didn't like it because they kicked him out. They made a new Devil May Cry game that isn't, you know, connected to this one directly. You know, they brought old school Dante back. Because old school Dante was kind of like a cool guy. N- new Dante is just kind of... A dweeb who thinks he's cool <laughs> and I hate him. So it's just one of those things, you know. But I, I feel like they learned lessons from that game that they translated to Devil May Cry Five that are really good. It's just they didn't, they didn't have to make him a wiener. <laughs> but obviously, yeah, like you said, there is a game that inspired this episode today. The big one. The game that's responsible for us being friends besides Magic the Gathering. And that Dungeon Defenders. Yeah. I mean, I think it takes more of a spot than Dungeon Defenders at the end of the day. Or yeah. more of a spot than Magic. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, uh, Magic was the gateway drug. It was the gateway Dungeon drug. Dungeon <laughs> Defenders is the sweet heroine in the alley. So, before we get into the remake, Dungeon Defenders mm-hmm. 1. What's your experience with it? It's the best tower defense game ever made. And I just. We've played. I, we've got to be at least each like five or six hundred hours, right? Maybe more. I mean, if you count across multiple platforms, I'm way more, I think. I think I'm probably like 800. Yeah, yeah so we, we've played this game a lot, just to say. And original Defend- Dungeon Defenders is old and it looks old. But it never felt like it played like it was old. No, not at all. I remember when I first like found this game, I found it on the Xbox Live Arcade. I was probably in like grade three or four, and me and my like best friend at the time, we found the demo of this game. Because this was back when every game would release with mm. a demo. So you could play Deeper Well and Foundries of Forges on Medium was the demo of this game. Yeah. And this was the first game that I like bought for myself. I, like, fought for weeks to actually get to spend money online to download this game on my Xbox Mm -hmm. because I just loved it so much. And while I haven't touched the Xbox version in forever, I played probably 300 hours of it. Yeah, it's a lot. And I remember when I switched to PC, the reason I switched to PC is the game hits a point where it feels unplayable on consoles because they didn't properly implement all of the late game stuff so you just hit a point where you can't really play the game anymore because the gear like the upper tiers of gear just actually don't exist which felt which really is, bad is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah i think i i originally found the game by i think i was just looking up tower defense games because I, I think i had been playing uh what is it like desktop defender you know, like that game, this is the tower defense game. I think it was on one of those like addicting games websites. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but it, yeah, like like that was like a big game for me. I played that a ton. So I wanted like a proper tower defense game and I found it and I actually had it on console and PC so I could play it in different rooms. 
<laughs> so like I really I really like this game. And there's something that Dungeon Defenders original and then versus the remake the remake of Dungeon Defenders Awakened. The one thing is I still think the way Idens present themselves in the original game is better. I do really like it, but I wonder if that is just a familiarity thing. Well, okay, here, here it is. For, for those you don't know, in this game, in the original game, you have tower stats and hero stats, and there's a there's like casting rate, attack speed, health, damage, all that kind of stuff, right? In the original game, they're represented by a picture and a number. So it's just like, there's a little picture of a character with a heart with some number attached to it. So obviously it's like, oh, that's health. And it does the same thing for towers, right? So at a glance, it takes you about like two seconds to like look at a piece of gear and be like, oh, that's that's better or worse because it's laid out like this. And the new Dungeon Defenders, they've gone more spreadsheets. Like it's very much it looks like an Excel spreadsheet, which I'm sure, you know, some people like that kind of thing. The pictures just felt better to look at initially for me. I like pretty pictures, you know, I'm a visual guy. I don't got time to read. Come on now. But just, I think I think if we want to get super nitpicky onto the item discussion, I think mm. the stats are placed in the wrong location, and that's a bigger issue than them being laid out in words. Well, so what we're saying is they're all around worse. <laughs> I feel like I have to look like three times to remember where the stats are on the armor because they aren't where I feel like they should be. <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way about it too. And it's just like as much... It's such a weird thing because it feels like a step forward in how the game the game looks really good, right? Like the environments look really good. It plays a lot better. The hero deck, which is basically you being able to switch between four different characters just by using F keys, is such good game design. I love that so much. And then they go ahead and it looks like stop motion. The enemies, yeah, I, I haven't figured this part out. The enemies drop frame rate from a distance, and it's not like it's anybody's, you know, computer setup doing it. It's literally just how the game's programmed. It's just and there isn't weird. even like an option for it. No, it's not like it's a setting you can turn on or off. It's just like happens, and I don't understand it at all. Yeah, it just looks like you're watching like some kind of like old Tim Burton movie or something, and it's really weird. Because it'll speed up when they're close to you. And then as they get further away, it gets slower and slower and slower and slower. Which is really unfortunate because the way bosses are presented in the game is a huge improvement. There's a lot of quality of life stuff where it shows you where waves are walking. So you can plan out your towers really well. I think towers as a whole, like every class seems to be kind of viable so far. But yeah, there's which is, a lot. Is, is an upside from the three dead Six dead classes in the first game once you count all the characters. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just there's like these little improvements and then there's these leaps back. And it's really weird. Like we're still playing through it. We're planning on trying to get through it on the hardest difficulties we can. As we, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it is a good game. And I would like to keep up to date with DDA over the original because you know, then as new content comes out, we're there. But it's been a it's been a grind, especially with COVID. Like they have been slow to fix things. Yeah, and the thing I know when we first played this game, the menus were really bad when oh, this yeah. game first came out into early access. 
And I remember spending time looking because they had said nothing about it. It like wasn't said in any of their patch mm. notes or in their like development plan or anything. They didn't talk about this at all. And when we went back in this last couple of weeks, they fixed it. So like the menus have been fixed, yeah. but I couldn't find that anywhere. And I'm glad they have been because the game feels playable now, which is a big upside. But it's just interesting. And I think mm. I think we'll, what I imagine will probably wind up happening is we'll get caught up on DDA and then play new content as it comes out. But I imagine once we're caught up, I feel like I'm still just going to want to play Dungeon Defenders 1 with the state the game's in at this point. Yeah, which is... It's like a problem. Yeah. It's just... You're releasing this thing so slow. You know, it's just it's it's really similar to like even Master Chief Collection and how slow that came out. It's like a, it's like if you had it all there, it'd feel a little bit better. And it's just you you made things better, but gave me less. And that's how I kind of feel about Final Fantasy VII Remake too. Is like you you gave me better stuff, but I have less of it. Yeah. And that's how it, that's how DDA is right now. It's like this is better, but there's less here for me to enjoy, which kind of sucks. Yeah, it's it's really hard taking DDA and going from the like what probably eighty maps in Dungeon Defenders one to twelve mm. or fifteen. Yeah, and that's not even counting user created content. That's just base game what the developers released, and that's crazy. Yeah, like that's absolutely mind boggling and i get that it's a game that's in development so we'll see but it's just it, it's it's interesting i am enjoying the game but i think it's enjoyment with kind of that caveat of at this mm. point i think it's a side grade i don't think it's strictly better i don't think it's worse i think it's just like it's a di it feels like a different game to play which is cool yeah. in its own but at that point i almost just wish it was an entirely new game if that yeah. makes sense yeah, because they've reused a lot of the same maps, but they've changed things slightly. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, I've been here before. Yes, I think this map's an improvement, but can I have the rest of the maps then? Now? <laughs> you know? Yeah, and even there's even a map that feels unfinished. There's a map that yeah, has yeah. half of it walled off, and I can't figure out why. Yeah, it's weird, too, because, yeah, you can see behind there and see all these areas, you can walk places where there's just nothing, which is really weird for tower defense games. Tower defense games should not have superfluous spaces that aren't used in them. Yeah. That you can walk to. It doesn't make any sense. And it's interesting, because this game's technically considered full release now, I think, at this point. But it's it's still a early access game. It is. It definitely is. There's long-term development plans, which I'm super excited for, and I do love this game. But it's just, I don't know if it's fully, I don't know if it's something I'm fully happy with as a remake. Yeah. It feels like a different game, which isn't always a bad thing, but there does need to be some changes made. I think that's the thing mm. with remakes is there's a lot of people that love Awakened mm. and it just kind of depends on what side of it you stand on. Yeah, I'm at the point where I enjoy playing it, but I know that the road ahead is short for content. Yeah. So. And that's hard for, like, that's a hard thing to know for a game that requires the time investment to level up and gear up of one yeah. of these games. Like, it's the same as if you're playing WoW, the grind of WoW would be 
even harder if it wasn't for the amount of content that's in that game. Yeah. And it feels like because the leveling speed seems to be the same and to get to cap level seems to take the same amount of time. When you realize that there's so much less content in DDA, it's kind of worrying to me. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we'll hoping... see. Maybe yeah. maybe with the higher difficulties and maybe with stuff like that, there's just way more than we think there is, but I don't know. Yeah. And I know I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful for them. You know, like I they obviously learned they learned to you know, Dungeon Defenders 2 is a big giant train wreck and they really screwed up and then they, they released this and they're trying to like, you know, do good by the players, but it's just taking a long time. I understand they're not a very big studio. Yeah. And I hope that, you know, I hope that they keep releasing stuff because I really like supporting them. I would like to be able to recommend the game to more people. You know, once yeah, we get sure. a few more maps out, there's a little bit more content. I still don't think it's a great time to you know, spend full price on something like this. I don't even know what it's even selling for right now. $34. You know, if it's $34... it's that, That's actually, that's fine. That's not bad. That's not, bad. not bad. It was a little cheaper than I thought. Yeah. You know what? If you haven't played it and you like tower defense games, I'd recommend it. It's still like a good game. You know, and it's just... But if you haven't played a dungeon defenders game, I would also just suggest buying the original plus all DLCs for the same amount. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> no, but it's interesting. A couple things that aren't in the game do feel like they'll make a meaningful enough difference to make it a totally different game. If summoner mm. stays out of this game, the late game is completely different. Yeah. The game has to be balanced completely differently if that character isn't added. So there is some interesting stuff, but it's just, it's interesting. It feels like, it does feel like a successor to DD1, which DD2 didn't, which no. was really a really big issue for me. Where I think Dungeon Defenders 2 does have redeeming qualities, as much as I know you mm. don't see any of them. I think that that game just, it wasn't a successor to Dungeon Defenders 1. It was a different game. And I feel like in uh, like in its design, I feel like Awakened acts as that spiritual successor. Awakened is more of a successor. DD2 is more of a, how many more pop-up menus am I going to get about needing to spend money on your microtransactions? That's how I felt about that game. I never found that issue playing that game, but to each their own. Eh, what do you know? <laughs> so, well, to end this off, are there any games that either have a remake coming that you're excited for, or any games you just really would want to see get a remake in the coming <sighs> couple of years? Well, okay, the one coming out that I'm... There's two coming out, actually, that I'm super interested in. We have the Mass Effect trilogy, because I've never played anything but one and one like i said the combat kind of tore me off right so if they fix the combat i'm really into that um obviously i'm waiting for like the final fantasy 7 remake um i said next gothic. couple years yeah gothic is apparently getting remade which i'm really interested in a big one for me being remade is system shock which is like the game that inspired bioshock to get made we have video a system shock and how it looks and i'm really excited because that game scared the hell out of me as a kid because i was way too young to be playing it <laughs> so i definitely remember that and as far as things that i want remade 
that's a tough one. Do you have anything off the top of your head? I think I might be able to think of something. I mean, I think, I think that it's hard because there's so many games that I want remade, but it depends on the quality. Like if we're talking mm-hmm. just like re-releasing it on a new on new hardware, I don't think there's any games that that means that much to me. I don't have an issue going back and playing old games and old graphics and things like that. But if you're talking like a full-on remake, like something in the vein of what Final Fantasy VII was, I think there's a lot of games that can mm. stand out for that, right? But it's just hard. I know uh, Skyward Sword, I'm pretty sure, is supposed to be being re-released. Yeah. Which I'm, I will give that game a second shot because I've played it a long time ago and was not impressed with it. But I will give it a shot when it comes out on Switch and we'll see. I would love to see a proper Ocarina of Time remake that isn't on a 3DS. Please. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that'd be nice. I think I think the big game. Okay, I got two really nerdy ones and really old, but they're PS1 games that are hard to find. Threads of Fate is a big one that I wish would get remade. That's that is a very, very cool game. Uh just that game has a special place too for me. It's a really old Squaresoft game. It's a really cool like RPG game with polymorphine <laughs> in it. The whole storyline is really freaking sad. And I feel like if you remade that game and just made it pretty and kind of got people back into that, there's a storyline there I think people would really appreciate now, especially with how many more indie games are out there and how those are starting to pick up and people are appreciating good storylines. And then Bushido Blade. Give me an HD remaster of Bushido Blade. I want to play some hardcore, you know, sword combat game where you can die in one hit again. You know, like that game is so much fun. I feel like a PvP community for that game with online matchmaking would actually be huge. Just like straight up fight me, bro. I hit you once you're dead. Get good. You know, I feel like that game would be really, really fun to play with people, especially if you made a drinking game out of it. You know, (laughs) every single time you get hit, you take a drink. (laughs) Yeah, I think I think it's interesting. I would love to see a remake of the original Donkey Kong Country. Because we got a remake of Donkey Kong Country Returns and Tropical Freeze. But I Mm. want just a remake of the original, just like Donkey Kong Country 1. Give it to me again. Add content. Give me some new worlds, whatever secret worlds. That would be sweet. That would be super sweet. Mm -hmm. And I think. I think there's very few games that stand out enough that I just want them remade versus getting like learning from it and growing into a new game, you know? Yeah. I guess. Okay. one last thing. Silent Hill. Give me a game. Damn it. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) well yeah are we about ready to head out yeah i think that's pretty much it from my side do you have anything else you want to talk about no just waiting on some of these new games to come out pretty excited actually for mass effect i'm really curious i just keep hearing how good those games are so excited for new games to actually release when we hit march that would be that would be really great to have some new games coming out please (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then by the end of next month we're going to be complaining that there's too many games coming out and we don't have time there's for too all many of them games, <laughs> too many games coming out guys I can't play all these video games 